Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. Not just as always this time. It's a it's a little special this time. It's not every day you get to celebrate a playoff series win. The Avalanche sweep the Nashville Predators in round one after a, a very entertaining game four. They're down three to two in the third period. They, they storm back with two goals in quick succession and sweep the Nashville Predators out of the first round. What a game. What an effort. What a series. This team is unbelievable, man. Yeah, this team's unbelievable, and they're led by two of the top five players in the world right now. I'd say, they're, I'd say they say. have two of the top two players currently in the yeah. league right now. Number one is Kale McCarr. Ten points in four games, utterly dominant. Right now, currently the best player in the playoffs. If they end it today, he wins the con Smythe in a walk. There has not been a player, even Nathan McKinnon, that's not a knock on Mac because he's second. There has not been a player in the playoffs more dominant than Kale McCarr right now. He has, he single-handedly took over the series yeah. in every imaginable way. And we're, we're just hopping right into it because yeah. Kale, you can't ignore Kale. The way he's played in this series is unbelievable. This guy is an animal. He truly is. And it's not just on the offensive end. There's so many defensive plays that he just, he affects the game in every aspect. And I we're running out of the words to talk about this guy, but game four was his best game of the series. And it, it like we're ignoring the first game where he had three points. We're ignoring game two. We had the game winning goal. And then he had another three points, I believe in game three. Yep. He had like, three assists. And in this game, he has a, a huge goal to give the abs the lead in the second period. And sets up the game winner for Val Nishushkin beautifully. Like, read the Predators like a book. In his own words, he, he knows the Predators system and knew there was going to be a man open right there, right there. And Val was just in the perfect spot. And like what, like, what else do you say about this guy? What else can you do? The Predators he, could do nothing to stop him. He's going to make a lot of people look stupid when he doesn't win the Norris because people voted for Yossi because of his regular season. Um, cause Yossi wasn't terrible this series. It's just, he was overmatched. <laughs> like, he, honestly, I would say the best Roman Yossi looked was okay. He yeah. looked okay in this series as a guy who was apparently so valuable and better than Kale McCarr, Kale McCarr embarrassed him. We talked before the series, before we even knew we were playing Nashville, that we would love to play the Predators so that McCarr can annihilate him in a four game sweep could not have been more correct. McCarr with the best series in a four game series of any defenseman in history, better than Brian Leach, better than Bobby Orr, 
none of them had a, a four game sweep series as good as Campbell that, 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 That's pretty good company to keep. That's, right? pre- that's pretty good company and to yeah, okay. be better than all of them. Yeah. And Roman Yossi had a goal and an assist in this series. That's it. And he did not look good defensively either. Made a ton of <laughs> ton of turnovers, ton of bad reads. If you put Roman Yossi ahead of Kale McCarr on your Norris ballot, I hope you feel silly right now because this series proved who the best defenseman in the league is. Be yeah. like, oh, it's it's the playoffs. It doesn't count. It's all about regular season. Kale is better in that too. It it you would know that if you paid attention. And it's sad that a lot of people didn't. They pay attention to the assists and points. Yeah, so I'm pre- I'm preemptively getting mad. I know, but just got to go back to what just got to go back to what we said, Griffin. That if Kale McCarr is hosting a, hoisting a Stanley Cup trophy, who gives a shit? So, yeah. and he's going to yeah. hoist the Stanley Cup. He's going to hoist the Con Smythe at this rate. Even if the Abs lose, he's going to get the Con Smythe at this rate because he's been that dominant. <laughs> I mean, like, let, let, oh, man. we're we're hyped up right now. We just did a live stream for Game Four. Thank you to everyone who joined us for that game. That was a ton of fun. We're hyped up. So let, let's back up. Let's slow it down. We're all over the place right now. Yeah, we got the Kale McCarr part out of the way. Yeah, that, that was a big part. That, that I mean, that's just the main part of the game. Yeah. Kale McCarr is a superstar, currently the best player in the in the NHL in the playoffs right now. It's not close either. So let's get back on track. Let's slow this all the way down. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. The Avalanche come out and start this game. I thought really well, honestly. We were out there on stream. I thought that was one of their better starts of the series outside of game one, which is kind of a... Not it's impossible fair. to recreate that. <laughs> right. And so you get the you get them out of the game early with one of the nastiest shots I've ever seen from Andre Burakovsky. Mr. Elimination game. Not waiting until his team's on the back this time. Just under two minutes into the game, shoots the puck through the net. It took three replays for us to even see. Holy shit, that puck went in. He yeah. ripped the net. When I saw it live, I was like, oh, man, he hit the outside of the net. They showed the first replay. I was like, oh, wow. How did he hit the top of the net like that from the outside? It, it made no sense. Were, and then you were like, dude, I think he scored. I'm like, no. <laughs> then they showed the other angle. Like, holy shit. He just shot it through the net. Yeah, because I saw the way that bounced off the boards. And I'm like, there's no way the puck bounced like that. And I'm surprised it took them so long to wait for the play because usually like the that one replay they show where it's behind the net, you clearly see it go through the net. Like I'm surprised yeah. it took Toronto that long to get it right, but they eventually got it right. So that's all that matters. I'm not going to harp on it too much. Um, but yeah, Andre Burakovsky, Mr. Elimination game. I don't know the stat, but he seems like he scores in every elimination game. I don't know. I, I, I know it off the top of my head, but it's, it's elimination games where his team's back is against the wall. When he's facing elimination, he always scores. He obviously didn't score against the blues last year. And when we were up three to nothing, but he scored in the game six against Vegas. I think uh, I said it after the Vegas series last year, when he scored in that game, it's, it's 2017. He scored when caps were down three to one, he scored in five and two in game six before they got shut out in game seven. So that's three goals in three games. The next year, game seven against the lightning, he scores two goals in game seven after he didn't score in game six, two goals in two games. And then against Carolina the next year, he scores in game seven. And then he comes to Colorado against Dallas, down three to one, scores two in game five and one in game six and one in game seven. He didn't score in game six, right? He scored in seven. I know that. Three goals in three games. And last year, he scores in game six against Vegas. Only time we faced elimination. 
This time, a little different because we weren't facing elimination, but he still did it in the elimination game. It counts. It still counts. And I mean, they're showing the stats right now on the TBS broadcast. I didn't realize he had a goal and two assists. 3.9 for this, Andrew Burkowski. This was an outstanding game. One of his best playoff games in years tonight. He gets the assist or he gets the goal to start the game. He gets the secondary on both the Taze and Nachushkin goal to set up the winners for the Abs. A great game when we needed it from him. This is a game where you needed Burakovsky to step up. And he did. He stepped up big time. And he got eventually got bumped up to the second line because Arturi Lekkanen had probably his first bad game. I didn't think he was bad. I didn't think he was bad. I thought he looked pretty good, but it's just Burakovsky earned his spot in this game. He looked dominant and Lekkanen just he looked good. Yeah. He, he, but for Lekkanen's standards of how he's played, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Is, that's a bad game for him. And I'm cool with that. If that's his bad, we're we're good. We're we'll we are chilling. Yeah, we'll be fine. Um, but yeah, Burakovsky gets the abs start on the right foot. And I thought that they were going to run away with this game after the first period, but, uh, you know, the problem the abs had for a majority of the regular season, it hasn't reared its ugly head too much in the playoffs, but it reared its ugly head in the first period. Uh, Nico Sturm can't get the puck out of his own, out of his own zone and turns it right over to the Preds and who scored for them. I'm trying to remember. Trenton. Trennan scores and it's tied one, one at the end of the first period, which I mean, that, that's, that sucked because we had yeah. such a good first period yeah. and it felt like we really gave all of that momentum back at that point with just that l- lazy play by Sturm. And there was nothing that Frankie could do in this play, by the way, Frankie got the start, the swelling around Kemper's eye just wasn't low enough yet to really risk putting him back out there again. And Clearly the right call because Frankie was able to hold the fort. And I wouldn't really say any of the goals scored in this game were his fault. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, they were all just kind of bad breaks and bad plays by the abs. Um, but I thought Frankie did well for his first playoff game since the bubble. Yeah. I mean, he came in cold last game. He finishes with a 9-0-3. I mean, he gave us a chance to win. That's all you can – he didn't give he didn't give the game away – he did all he could do and it was enough. Yeah. And it was enough. So we'll take Frankie. Um, so the first period ends. I mean, like you said, I thought it was a good period from the abs. Thought they were going to come out in the second period and play great. The second period was just kind of, I didn't like it. I thought, it, it, I thought it was their worst period of the series, but it doesn't matter when you have Kale McCarr who can do Kale McCarr things and just rip a puck from the blue line, top left corner, perfectly ultimate equalizer. He was fantastic in that second period. The only reason why the Avs had even a semblance of a lead. Um, he almost scored. Was that in the second period that he had the breakaway? Yeah, that was right after. Yeah, it was right after his goal. He was unreal in the second period. Like, just truly, truly unreal. Um, and it, that goal is just – I don't know how any goalie in the world stops that. Like, that's just a perfectly placed wrist shot. I don't yeah. care. Like you're net. not you're not expecting a point shot to be that hard to stop. Doesn't hit anything along the way. It's just such a picture perfect snipe. Yeah. That's after he makes so many great plays defensively and breaks up a ton of Preds moment. Like the Predators had a lot of opportunities in that second period to really like gain control of this game. It really started as a slog for the first like 13 minutes or so. Yeah. More than half the period sucked, but uh there was a point in time before the kale goal where the predators really started to turn it on we get that goal right away and kale keeps it going but 
uh, he's off the ice a little bit later and just a, a real bad change for the abs ends up in the back of their net with Trennan again. Yeah, it was, it was two really bad changes that cost the abs goals in this game. Um, this one was particularly not much you could do. Frankie makes a great save on the first play and then Landy just misses it. Like he has, he had it. He just misses it. And Trennan scores the second of the game and it's tied two, two. Um, and I, I really feel like the predators, they, they outplayed in the second period They're they're They know their seasons on the line and everything. And the abs got away from stuff that made them successful in the first three games and started looking for ways out and bad changes, things of that nature. And kind of carried over to the start of the third a little bit. And I'm, I'm not, I'm going to get more positive here in a second, but we got to continue in sequential order here because the Predators started the third really strong too. Oh yeah. The Preds played the Preds. I thought played their best game of the series. Without question. Game. Yeah. Like I thought they played their best game. Um, that third period, they came out strong. I think they, I think Forsberg got his first point and first goal of the series with what? 16 minutes or four minutes into the third period. Yep. If I'm remembering right. 358 in the third period. Yeah. Forsberg from Eckholm and Duchesne. Just a beautiful play. Nothing Frankie could do there. And oh, an unchar- uncharacteristically bad defensive play from Val. Just kind of let Forsberg burn right by him, which doesn't usually happen. Well, that, that, that you want to know how uncharacteristic it was? It was Devon Taves, Kale McCarr, and Valerie Nachushkin on that play that led up the goal. Yeah, like so, a once in a blue moon kind of wow. They, we had that that trio actually gave up a goal, which doesn't yeah. ever happen. But you know the thing that really makes me think that this is different than last year? Because they turned it around on the fly. The right. Predators have full control. They take the lead. They have their season on the line. You can go back to the live stream. Me and you, like, we weren't resigned to defeat yet. But we were like, well, if, even if you lose, you're going back home and you have yeah, Darcy yeah. Kemper to start in game five. You know, they're playing with their season on the line. The crowd's into it now. They've got momentum. It's the NHL. Crazy things happen. Oh, and we both talked about it. They just needed the TV timeout. And then the TV time came, TV timeout came, and it was a whole different team after that. Yeah, and the Predators, like, they played their best game of this series. They made one crucial mistake. They gave the Avs a spark. They let them off the hook for one second, for one second. Yeah, before you go there, we got to acknowledge that, too. That was the first time the Avs trailed in the entire series when they were down 3-2, to two, yeah, the which is an absurd trip. stat. And it finishes at about four minutes and 57 seconds (laughs) that the Nashville Predators had the lead in this series compared to the avalanche at, oh, I don't know, like 140. That's, that's, that is, that is fucked up, honestly, how dominant this series was. This was, it's over. We can say this was a mismatch. The Predators did not have a prayer. Yeah. And with them being down of Soros, that that's a huge blow. Um, I thought they gave it their best effort considering the hand they were dealt, but I, I, I agree with you. I think even if Saros is in these games, it's maybe a five game series still. Maybe, like, maybe he steals one. Yeah. Like maybe, but he's not winning to not no. again, not against that McCarr, not against that McKinnon. And so the biggest mistake that the predators made in this game is they kept their foot on the gas, but they gave them one thing. They let Devontae's get a little open and the most underrated player in the NHL made them pay with a beautiful snipe. And from that point on for the final about 11 minutes of the game, 
the Avalanche were in complete control and you could tell they were going to win. Yep. I mean, that shot by Devontae's was just another perfect shot. Like <laughs> we're talking about Kale McCarr and Devontae's had the two best shot. Well, Andre Burkowski had the best shot in the game, but you're talking about two defensemen who were unreal in this series. I know Kale McCarr put up ridiculous numbers. Devontae's was just as good defensively. They both had three goals. Yeah. So Devontae's, that, that goal was huge. It gave the Avs all the belief they needed. And I think we both said when it was tied 3-3, it's like, all right, Avs are winning this game. Yeah. I, I said before they tied it that if they tie this game, they're going to win it in regulation. My prediction coming into the game was goal by goal, correct? Like for the first time in my life, except for the empty netter, I said four to three. But I said we were going to score first. It was going to be tied going into the third. Nashville leads early, and we tie it, win it in regulation. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. And this this impressed me so much from the apps because it came on the fly. And last year's team loses this game. And last year's team loses game two. Last year's team has this series go six, I would say. This year's team, they found a way to break through Connor Ingram in game two. In game three, they found a way to overcome the loss of Darcy Kemper and stop that game from getting out of hand. And in this game, the Predators took the lead for the first time, and really for the first time in the series, I would say even looked better than the Avs at all. Correct. And not even five minutes later, the Avs took all of that control right back and shut it all down with just one play. That one goal changed the entire thing, and it did not matter what the Predators did at that point. Because after that goal, the Avalanche kept pushing. They kept pushing. They kept going. They got closer and closer, and it did not take long for Kale McCarr to take over the game again. Shakes Trennan off of him on the boards, gets free, and like we said, he knows the Predator system. He said it after the game. He studied their system. He knew there was going to be somebody open right there. He was right. And it was Val Nachushkin. Who else to score the series winner other than Val Nachushkin after his season, honestly? It was, it was never going to be anybody else. A perfect pass. Val Nachushkin has a wide-open one-timer, and he buries it to give the Avalanche the lead back. What a sequence. Like, just a a dominant sequence in an elimination game with the, like this does not get more dire for the predators. They just had it tied when they finally had all the momentum and Kale McCarr is still doing that to them. Like there's, there's no more excuses about not thinking Kale McCarr is the best defenseman in the NHL. He's done it at every level in this league. He's just, he's unreal. He, that play he makes, there's very few players in the world, let alone defensemen who can make that play there. I'd say there's none. Like, like, maybe, like Connor, Connor McDavid could make that play, but he's not a defenseman. He's not getting the puck there. Yeah. McDavid's the one getting that pass. No yeah. one else can set that up like Kale McCarr. Nobody. And just the hockey awareness to know that Val is going to be open. I mean, you've played them four times now, eight times if you count the whole season. That's a pretty good, uh, pretty good knowledge of the team and what their system is going to be. And he was exactly right. That was the easiest goal Val scored all year. Easiest goal Val scored all year. Um, the netter was pretty easy last game. Yeah, that touche, touche. Um, but, but we talked about Kale McCarr enough. I, we could go on for another two hours because he he not only was the best player in the series, but I I, I argue I think he's one of the, he. I'm coming along with Raj. He could be the best player in the world right now. 
Yeah, right now, as it stands, Kale McCarr is the best player in the NHL right now. He's better than McDavid. He's been better than McKinnon. He's been better than Matthews. He's been better than Sidney Crosby. He's the most dominant player in the world right now. I'm not counting the regular season, you know, not throwing like, oh, he should win MVP in the heart and everything. I'm saying right now in these playoffs, there has not been anybody better. He has single-handedly taken over this series and is a, probably the main reason the abs are walking out of here in four games. Correct. 100% right. So, I mean, I don't know what else to say about him, man. I'm interested to see if he can keep it up. I have no doubts in my mind they can keep up. He's going to get a like six, seven days of rest now. I, I mean, so, what's, what's not keeping it up? Five points in four games? Yeah. Like, this is, this is absurd. That's more than two points a game. Yeah. He's, he's just unreal, dude. He is just – I've ran out of words. We've ran out of words to talk about him. Um, but I, I want to go to the end of this game. So the Avs draw their first penalty, which the officiating in this game was truly not there. I mean, th- there were so many missed calls on the Preds, and now we can look back and say who cares. But in the moment, I was wondering, how the fuck are you not calling some of these? But they didn't call any of them. Um, the Avs finally get a power play and Frankie makes his biggest save of the night, kicks it right out to Nathan McKinnon, who shoots it probably 160 feet into the uh, empty net, gets his fifth goal of the series. Uh, he officially scored a goal in every game. So longest, just, longest goal streak to start a series in Avs history. Yeah. Like we talked about Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon isn't far off from him. No, we, we've got this, the, best and second best player in the playoffs right now in McCarr and McKinnon. Yep. They're both dominant. They're both absolutely taking over this series and embarrassed the Nashville Predators. It, yeah. it wasn't close. And I mean, McKinnon wasn't particularly great tonight, but nine shots on goal. Yeah. Like he was still good, but he wasn't playoff McKinnon that we've become used to seeing. And that's, that's, yeah, he, he wasn't, he wasn't three points yeah. kind of playoff dominant McKinnon. He was just, I'm going to make every single correct play with the puck. No one's sta- stealing this puck from me. It's just there. Some of the passes weren't there. Some of the shots weren't there. I'd argue he was just as dominant as he has been and just He's as locked good. in, but it's just the, the goals and the assists and the points weren't there tonight, but he got rewarded with the empty netter by making the right read on the empty net. And he, I want to rewind a little bit too, because even when the predators were desperate and needed to get this game tied, Outside of the the little Matt Duchesne chance with after Forsberg took that penalty, can you name a time the Predators were really dangerous to tie this no. game? No, they they didn't have a single chance. No, none. Right. And like Frankie didn't have to make any big saves. The Avs shut them down. That's also the part that impresses me the most. They got the lead and they did not relent at all. They were very close several times to making it five to three before the empty netter as well. And guys, this team, this is not the same situation as last year where we swept the blues with ease. This series was more dominant with plenty of things to overcome as well. This series there, there is an alternate universe out there where the predators are up three to one, where they've won these last three games. I would say Ingram steals game two and everyone shakes it off. The game gets out of hand in game three after you lose Kemper and you lose six to four, whatever. And you just, you give it up in this game and the Predators went and they're up three to one. The Avalanche overcame all of that. We didn't have that last year against the Blues. It was all easy. It was all just kind of, the biggest thing we had to overcome was we lost Nazem Kadri off of a dumb play. This team 
showed significant mental growth in this series and showed they're ready. This is not just like, I know people are going to freak out that they swept and have all this time off. Guys, they just took care of business against a team that's worse than them. If they lost in, if they won in anything more than four, it would be because they threw a game. They were better than the Predators in every game. They had no reason to lose. If the, and you take that when it's given to you, you take care of the business in front of you. And this team has just shown so much, so much growth from last year in the playoffs and the, both the blues series and the Vegas series, their ability to overcome adversity, the stars ability to take over games and some of the depth guys stepping in and being able to contribute at a time that they're needed. Burakovsky in this game, we've asked for a little more depth scoring. He comes in, sets the tone right away, picks up two more assists on both the tying and winning goal of this game. Guys, this is different this time. This is not the same abs team. They definitely aren't. I agree with everything you said. That St. Louis series, yeah, we swept them, but it was a lot closer than this series. And right? it was also it was it was closer and also easier at the yeah. same time. There was no adversity in that series. We won. Some of the games got close, but it was really never a contest. The Predators were never close in this series. But like I said, there was a lot of things we had to overcome here. We had to we had to win an overtime game in this series and break through a guy who was on a historic pace. We had to overcome losing our starting goalie and plugging a cold backup in there, and things really could have gotten out of hand. Now, and we had to overcome not playing our best game in game four and really letting off the gas a little bit, getting away from the success that got us to a 3 nothing lead and losing for the first time in the series and breaking through anyway. Yeah. This is not the same thing. It's not the same thing. And I feel great with the fact that we're going to have this time off now. Like this is, this is an ideal scenario for the abs right now. Um, You get to watch two other teams beat the shit out of each other. And I mean, we'll do more of the preview on Sunday because we'll know our opponent by Sunday, but I think this time off is only going to help the abs. Yeah, I agree. And like, I don't, I don't know if Landis Dog's a hundred percent. He took a maintenance day today. I think having a little extra time off is going to be great for him. Obviously I think eight days is going to be enough for Darcy Kemper's swelling to go down. So we don't have to be too worried about that. Fingers usually, crossed. Yeah. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Even an older guy like Jack, not Jack, Eric Johnson, this is, this is going to do pretty well for him as well. And you know, maybe, maybe there might be a little bit early in the second round where they're not fully on their game like I don't I it's eight days away it's hard to be concerned about it and honestly I trust this team to stay ready take a break for a couple of days heal up catch your breath it was not it was not a super easy series and just get fully healthy and get refocused for the next round because again I think if it's Minnesota they're not going to have any trouble getting up for that no absolutely not absolutely not and I, I'll go out on a limb, and I think Minnesota wins that series in six just with the Blues injuries. If St. Louis wins that series, I'll be shocked. Yeah. I mean, um, they're missing they're missing uh, Nick Letty. They're missing Bortuzzo. Uh, Krug's banged up, isn't he? They're yeah. Missing, they're, missing they're, they're all sorts of beat They're up. all sorts of fucked up right now. I'd be stunned if they pull that one off. They have to win game five tomorrow. If they don't, I think it's over. Even like even if it goes seven, I just don't think the Blues are going to win Game Seven in Minnesota. Yeah, there's no chance. So 
I think it's going to be the wild, which is going to be a hell of a series. And it's probably shaping up to be a much better, like I'm, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but if we get to the conference final, like that More. could be, that could be a big letdown coming off. Cause it, in my opinion, once again, the second round series is really the Western conference final. Yeah. I, your, your path is open right yeah. now. Hey everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's right. All you got to do is bet on the Avalanche to win their next game, and you are essentially getting $150 for free. And yes, it really is that simple. And if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for some cold, hard cash because new customers can make their first deposit and play for free with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up the points for goals, assists, saves, and more. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. So you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want with no strings attached. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. The Wild, I, I'm not afraid of the Wild at all, honestly. I'm really just not. We can beat them unless we give it to them. The Blues don't scare me, especially if they're playing Bennington. Yeah. The Flames, I know they won today, are vulnerable. Yeah. That team does not have depth at all. They're running Michael Backlund out there as a second-line center. And the Oilers are getting pushed by the Kings. Yeah, which is scary. So it's, it's time for the abs. Uh, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, um, but that's the big thing. Four wins down, 12 to go, and these next four have been the hardest for the abs these past couple of years. And like you said, I think this team's different. I think yeah, this team's I've, different. I really feel different about this team than I did against Vegas last year. This is not a team that needs to ramp up. This is a team that knows what it needs to do. And you know what the best part about the second round is? I'm going to be there. Yeah, Griffin book this ticket. I right here have my tab for Southwest Airlines BWI to Denver, Colorado. Your boy is coming to Denver, baby. Yeah, we're gonna actually not have to do, we're not gonna have to do a podcast over Zoom. It's gonna be yeah. weird. We want to deal with that awkward like, wait, are you talking or am I talking? Which we've handled pretty well. But. Yeah, I think I think we'll do fine with it. Yeah, but I think we'll do okay. Yeah, but, I, I don't know if I'll be out there for the. Definitely won't be there for game one, I don't think. Yeah. Hopefully I get a lucky break with game two. The, the later the series starts, the better for me yeah. in this situation. If we play on Tuesday and Thursday, that would be perfect. We'll I, see. That would be clutch if they do it. But um, I mean, that would I'm, make sense, though, because if game seven for St. Louis would be on Sunday. Saturday. Saturday? Ah, yeah. damn. So probably not. I wouldn't. Probably not. Probably Monday. Probably but, Monday. So unless we're wrong – I probably would be there for game. Why would, why would the NHL schedule stuff that would benefit us, though, man? Let's be right. real. Simply. Well, they owe us, so maybe maybe we'll catch a break. 
Maybe, but uh, yeah, the abs, the abs complete the sweep. Um, I just want to say to go back to the Kale McCarr point, apparently in McKinnon's press or his uh, interview, I don't know if you saw it with Scott Van Pelt. He even said Kale McCarr is the best player in the world right now. Yeah. <laughs> so. And speaking of post-game interviews, uh, Kale McCarr saying that Nashville fans were throwing Skittles at him. That's just while dangerous. The, while man. the game was still going on. Yeah. Stay classy guys. Awesome. Yeah. Like, Real great. I don't know what you, like my immediate thought, and I don't know if you think about this too, but like, you remember the, the Will Ferrell movie blades of glory. Yeah. Where he like trips over the, the, uh, uh, Pearl that they throw on the ice and he breaks his ankle. That's just what immediately what I thought of. And I'm like, one, is, one of these days that's going to happen. Yeah. Cause this has not been a new thing where people are just chucking stuff at players during the game. One of these days is going to happen. Yeah. And someone's, someone's going to get hurt. Someone, Someone's going to get in big, big trouble. Like, don't don't throw shit at players, you fucking no. fuckers. Well, and it's people, happening in the NBA, too. Like, why, why, why do people... Like, you are not involved. You are a spectator. Take your loss and go home without throwing a temper tantrum. Yeah. Like, it's not that hard. Like, you're there, they're there for... Like, the players provide you entertainment. At least let them provide it. Like it's, it's Kale McCarr, right? Yeah. Like, this isn't Brad Marchand or, like, Tony D'Angelo, where you have a reason to hate. It's Kale McCarr. It's like, the nicest person in the world. Yeah. He's torching your team, so you're going to try to hurt him. So, yeah, that wasn't very classy. And uh, even Kale McCarr, like, usually he's a pretty easygoing guy. He was not very happy with yeah, it. Yeah, he either, was pissed because so. all, all it takes is you put your skate on a skittle, you fall down, and you break your ankle. Or, yep. you're like, you try to break your fall with your wrist, you break your wrist. Like, don't throw shit on the ice. It's fucking yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. Or at least and wait till it's a hat trick. And then th- you can throw your hats, yeah, throw on, hats the on the ice when the players are on the bench and wait for them to clean off the ice. Like it's embarrassing, but you know, now they can sweep up those Skittles along with the rest of their team off of the ice. So, the so players- that, that, like we talked about, that puts the Preds in just, they're in a no win situation right now. They have a team. I think they're in hell. I think yeah. they're in purgatory. Cause I think as long as David Boyle's that GM, they are not going to really take a step back and try to get younger. They're going to, they're going to resign Forsberg. And they're gonna con- they're gonna convince themselves if we have UC Soros that series goes deeper. If we have UC Soros, if we have UC Soros, that's that's the whole off scene. Is like, well, we didn't have UC Soros. Okay, you didn't have UC Soros. That's the problem. Your team's not good enough in front of him to win a Stanley Cup or even go deep in the playoffs. Not not to immediately like we sweep them and immediately start disrespecting the Nashville Predators, but coming into the season, I didn't. I think I had the Preds on the outside of the playoffs. I th- I don't remember. I think we had them as a five hundred team. Both of us. Yeah, I, th- I think I said the Predators are going to be the definition of a 500 hockey team. They're gonna they're gonna be there, and they outperformed that a little bit because Matt Duchesne and Philip Forsberg scored 40 goals in unprecedented manner, which they've never done in franchise history. Dude, I and I want to talk about that too. But like, how was UC Soros a Vesna finalist? How it, how is he or wasn't he? Yeah, how was he this year? Like, I thought Freddie had a better year than him. They didn't. They didn't announce Vesna. Yeah, they announced Vesna too. It, it, what? Yeah. Are you sure? I, I think only so. Saw the, I only saw the Norris, bro. They only I announced think they said Vesna they only, too. They only announced one a day. I th- I thought I saw Vesna. I thought they had I, they, Soros. They're, showing, they're showing on the ticker right now the Norris stuff. They would show Vesna oh. right after. I don't see Vesna. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm just crazy, but it's I, scratch that. We'll go back to your point. What was I about saying? How- <laughs> yeah, we lost it. We lost that's it. What I was saying, like their teams built around Soros. They played him for 69 games. They got those career years from Duchesne and Forsberg and Yossi. Still second wild card. 
you would think with career seasons like that, you'd be talking about them in the same conversation as Calgary. And they've got 99 points, I think, 98 points, didn't even get 100. I think you really got to step back and look at the structure of this team because you go up against a cup contender in the abs and you don't have a fucking prayer. Maybe sorrow steals you one. And that's, that's what you're going to hang your hat on. I, I just don't know. I think they really got to look at the structure of this team, maybe restructure their defense a bit, obviously keep Yossi, you keep Duchesne, you keep Forsberg, but like a Ryan Johansson, is he really necessary? No, but no one's going to take that contract. Yeah, maybe, maybe they will now because apparently he had a decent season. So yeah. maybe you can move on from that and just find a different group. Like I think Trennan's going to be good. Tolvanen's going to get a little better. Fabro, I think, is not as good as what we thought he was going to be, but still good, still NHL defenseman. I don't know. I mean, they put up as much of a fight in this series as they could but they're going up against a group of world beaters that are pissed the fuck off. Yeah. And they were never, ever going to lose this series. Nope. So I, I got nothing else, man. I'm running on fumes right now. Yeah. It is one 30 in the morning. Yeah. I don't know if you guys can tell by my voice, but I have a very sore throat yeah. right now from the amount of talking I've done today. I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to rap just yet though. Like, no, I, I, we, we, but I, I meant like, I got nothing else on this series. Yeah. Like, we, I mean, we, like, we it, it's kind of self-explanatory, isn't yeah. it? Like this series. Or nothing. Like only team series, in the league to be into the second round so far. Yeah. The only the only team in the league, the, the only team that can even finish in five is Pittsburgh. There's yeah. one team that's up three to one, and we swept. Yeah. So it's just good like, for the abs. In terms uh, of content, this series hasn't been great. No. <laughs> this, this has been so dominant. Like there's just it's really self-explanatory. The yeah. abs were the best team in this series by far. The Predators did not have their starting goalie, and it kind of went exactly the way it should have. The Avalanche were better for 99% of this series outside of small pockets for the Predators. They never had a prayer, and they never came that close outside of a miracle game from Connor Ingram. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it, the, like you said, the stats speak for themselves. The only team in the league right now to be in round two. And, and I, 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 only, I only felt nervous during game two. The other three games yeah. of this year, even losing this game for like in the third period, I was like, they're going to win though. Yeah. I was never, I was never nervous. Like yeah. this, I don't know. Yeah. I was never nervous. We have Kale McCarr and we have Nathan McKinnon. So I'm feeling pretty damn good. Yeah. And, <laughs> and now the real thing starts. What we've been talking about all year, the second round of the Stanley cup playoffs. It's what everyone brings up with this team. Can they get past the second round? That's why I think that's why I think it's going to be Minnesota. That is the ultimate test. They haven't been in the second round since 2003 either. We haven't been since 2002. Someone's got to go. Someone has to do it. And that that's just the ultimate mental test for this team. That is your biggest rival that wants to beat the shit out of you and laugh at you for not being able to beat them and beating you to get to the conference final. It's the ultimate mental test. If they can beat Minnesota, especially if they do it convincingly, I don't see how they don't win. Me agreed. If they can get past the second round, it's just like the Leafs. If they can get past first round, I think both teams make a deep run. Yeah. So, and like even looking at the East, I'd say like the Penguins are the only team that's impressed me so far. And even then, the Rangers have just looked bad. Yeah. Rangers have disappointed more than the Penguins have impressed. So, 
Um, I guess we can talk about other series because even though this has been an extremely boring playoffs because of all the blowouts, um, the series are really interesting. Yeah. Um, And before we go too much deeper, I'll say this. We'll do much more of a deep dive on the second round series on Sunday when we know who our opponent is. We we Um, literally just have no idea yet. It's it's two to two between Minnesota and St. Louis. It can go either way. So we'll go over that series first. It's two, two blues put Jordan Bennington in net. He played his best playoff game in a long fucking time since game seven of the cup clincher. Yeah. And the blues battle back, tie the series at two after they had been dominated in games two and three. Um, So blues even it up, but like Griffin and I already talked about the blues have so many injuries on defense. I just don't see a situation where the blues can win the series unless Mark Andre Fleury just, totally flutters which is highly possible it's highly possible because he's done it before so yeah. so that's where i'm at with that one uh what are your thoughts on that one I, it's just been so boring yeah. honestly like it's got it's gotten hard to really watch those games because the the games themselves have like game four was the best one it still wasn't that close yeah it's five two wasn't the final yeah. score the wild made it a little interesting to make it a one goal game to start the third period, but the didn't take long for the blues to really start to pull away with it. Like, I'm just, I'm just waiting for a real close game here. That doesn't involve my fucking teams because I am the only, I'm like the only person in the world caps and abs fan combinations. If you're out there, you feel my fucking pain right now where the playoffs around you suck. And the only close games are the ones you're involved in. Yeah. I mean, but, this was the first one since game one for you with the, the caps and Panthers. Uh, what Griffin's alluding to uh, caps win game three convincingly six to one game four caps, take a two, one lead late in the third period or not late, probably middle of the third period. Ten minutes uh, left. And the caps have a shot at an empty net, miss the net by inches. Hits hit the, the outside of the post. And, and this was on the stream too. So yeah. please feel free to catch my reaction. Yeah. And the Panthers score to tie it at two and then they end up winning it in overtime to tie the series at two. Yeah. Um, Griffin and then, went, and then he, this game was close. Yeah. Griffin went from the ultimate high of potentially his teams going up one team clinching and the other team going up three, one to two, two, that series is still very much in question. Um, but I, I'm not trying. I said at the beginning of the playoffs, I thought the Panthers would win in seven. I'm going to stick by that. Caps in seven. All right. I like it. Bobrovsky stinks. If we put more than 16, if we put more than 16 shots on him, we win that game. Agreed. We gave that game away. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I, I, I just think the Panthers, if they would have lost this game, it would have been like, it would have been lights out, but now they got a little bit of confidence going into game five. Um, I'll tell you this Panthers win game five caps, win the final two Panthers choke it. Interesting. Okay. That's the way it it has to happen. Okay. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Um, So if you're saying caps and seven, let's go to the team you'd be potentially facing Uh, another series that has been, it's tied at two, but every game's been bad. It's borderline unwatchable. The game's been over after the first period. Yeah. Um, Tampa Bay, Toronto, uh, both teams have won both their games and blowouts. I mean, the games haven't even been close. I Uh, I, I think game four is, was the biggest win of that series because the Leafs look shattered. Yeah. The Leafs looked really bad. 
I'm really interested to see how they bounce back. I don't know if they do. Yeah, I don't know. Jack Campbell just looked like he like he needed like a good therapy session on the bench after he got pulled. And it just doesn't look like the Leafs know how to respond when Tampa Bay takes them seriously. Yep. And Tampa Bay does not lose back to back games. They don't. And the Leafs, they can still win that series with that. They can win game five, lose game six and win game seven. But Tampa's been here, done that, and they've got the better goalie. Yep. Uh, t- Toronto not n- didn't even need to win. They needed to put up a fight in game four because now all the pressure's on them. If Tampa goes into game five and wins that game, they're not going on the road to win game six. Nope. nope. So it'll be important. I I said Tampa in seven. I, I think it may be Tampa in Tampa in six. I'm still but... I'm still sticking with seven just because peak hilarity. Yeah. So I that series is like it's interesting, but the games have all been bad. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm like, just asking the NHL tomorrow. Let's have a close fucking game. Yeah, let's like, get let's an overtime, please. An overtime that doesn't involve me that I don't have to be like personally invested in, and one that I can actually watch. <laughs> Three overtimes in 32 games? Are you kidding me? Yeah, like it, oh, it's been so it's pissed. Been I'm actually mad about it yeah. because like you can't give me a goddamn break. Yeah, we we need something. Um, and then we'll round out the East, a series we thought was going to be a sweep. Um, Carolina, Boston, Boston has rallied off two straight wins on home ice, tied the series at two. I don't know about you. I still think Carolina is the better team. I, I still think they win this in seven. This is a lot closer than I thought it would be. Yeah. Like I went back and forth on this series before it started, but after the first two games, I was like, no, this is done. Yeah. And then, uh, the Bruins got in their head, I think. Yeah. And I'm not sold on the hurricanes yet i think they need to win these next two games in convincing fashion for me to actually believe they're going to go on a run because the the penguins are playing well right now i don't think the rangers are going to come back we'll get to that but this is a team in boston that they've dominated all season they gave up one goal to them in the regular season and three in the first two games and now they kind of got their ass beat in these last two games and they got really punched in the mouth really got under Tony D'Angelo's skin to the point where he's filling his diaper on the ice. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Embarrassing little dipshit. Everyone hates his guts. Like ima- imagine making Brad Marchand look like the hero. Yeah. Imagine that. Embarrassing. He throws his stick at him when Matt Marchand scores the empty net goal. And if that's, if that's how he's acting, like he's kind of one of their most important defensemen. If he's getting out of control already, that's a bad omen. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think Carolina still gets it done. I, the first I don't like Swayman on the road, first playoff game. The first team to win on the road wins this series, if anyone wins on the road at all. If Boston wins game five, then Boston wins this series. If Carolina wins game six, Carolina wins this series. Hard-hitting analysis, I know. Yeah. But I'm, I'm disappointed by the Hurricanes and their inability to really take control of that series because they had no reason not to. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and then the other series that could end in five, uh, the most shocking thing, Louis Domingue outplaying Igor Shosturkin. Uh, Penguins bad. Yeah. Penguins take a uh, 3-1 series lead commanding. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if the Rangers win game five and then get blown out in game six. I mean, Igor just looks shaken up. Yeah. This is the worst he's performed all year. The whole reason I picked the Rangers was Igor Shosturkin. And uh, wow, should we have seen this coming? Yeah. And he's come back down to, we've called it all year and then we backed off of it because we believed in the media hype, but uh, 
I, yeah, I just, I just believed good. in the way the Rangers played down the stretch. Yeah. I thought they played great hockey down the stretch, but I should have looked at those Hurricanes games more closely, the the actual important games that they lost. And I bet on Shesterkin, and I was wrong. The yeah. Penguins are dominating this team. And without Shesterkin, the Rangers are nothing. They're really exactly. nothing. So Banajad's been bad. Kreider's been okay. Panarin's been okay. The Rangers' depth has been a no-show, and their defense is bad. Yep, it's almost like it all, year. all of these were hiding under the surface all year, and you know it's my fault for backing off of it at the last second and picking them to win the series. I really should have seen this coming. I yeah, really we both should have. have. We both should have. I mean, we both fell on that one. Um, but yeah, the East is truly a crapshoot. I mean, outside the Penguins, I have no idea. I, who. I really don't see a team that impresses me out there. Panthers, obviously not. I know they tied the Caps tonight, but that game went to overtime and the Caps played like shit, and they yeah. still almost won. That series is not over. And if the Panthers win that series, they're going to get killed by either team that hasn't impressed me in Toronto and Tampa. I think it's going to be Tampa and Tampa kills them, but Tampa looks vulnerable. And eventually, oh, yeah. eventually the legs are going to stop churning. Eventually they're going to try to give it their all. And the juice just isn't going to be there anymore. If they go to the Stanley cup final, I believe whoever comes out of the West, hopefully the abs maybe doesn't kill them, but they're going to run out of gas. Yeah you're talking about playing almost four seasons in like a two year span. Right. And with well, shortened off seasons, eventually just the legs are going to stop turning. You look at Carolina, they've been tremendously disappointing Boston. I mean, if they get hot, anyone can do anything, but I, I don't know. There's just something missing there. Boston's always this team. They've got yeah. the star power to make a little bit of a run, but they just don't, they missed their chance in 2019. Yeah. They don't have the they don't have the depth to finish it. I don't think. I agree. I and agree. The Rangers, they're not going anywhere unless they unless Shesterkin just totally bounces back and doesn't allow a goal for the rest of the series. Uh, I think the Penguins win it in six. I think they win it on home ice, and we'll see if we'll see if it's just the Penguins are that good or if the Rangers are that bad. Honestly. I think the Rangers are that bad. Yeah, but right so, now, I mean, I it seems like the Penguins might come out of the East, but so much can change in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. So I like that. Let's move on to the West. The rest of the Western Conference is, again, interesting. We already kind of talked about Minnesota and St. Louis. Um, Calgary and Dallas are tied at two. I still think Calgary has been extremely disappointing. Um, I think they have enough to get past Dallas, but I do not think they have enough to beat an Abs or Edmonton team. Yeah, and... I mean, coming into today, the big problem has been that the big guns haven't showed up for Calgary. And for the most part, Dallas has. And yeah. it was only in finally in game four, a fucking penalty shot for Johnny Gaudreau to finally get on the board. Elias Lindholm, who has been good in this series, picked up his third goal to put it away. But Matt Kachuk still held off the board at the moment. And in games two and three, it was the big guys for Dallas who got on the board. It was Joe Pavelski scoring three goals in that span. Rope Hintz with the empty netter. I, I think Calgary wins the series just because Dallas isn't very good. But my God, has this been an eye-opening experience yeah. for what I thought was going to be a tough playoff team? They do not have the depth. Michael Backlund is not a second-line center. And he's been good. Don't get me wrong. But when the top line gets shut down, who's going to score? Yeah, I agree. I, I I think it's Calgary and six, but I it's been a lot closer than it should. This should have been a sweep. Like if if the Predators played Calgary, I think they beat them. I agree. I agree with that. 
well, maybe not without Soros. If they had Soros, I think they beat Calgary with Ingram six or seven. Yeah. They pushed them. So I agree. I mean, I, I think it's Calgary should win, but who, I mean, they may luck out and face LA because Edmonton's kind of choke artists, but I just, I, I, th- I think Edmonton's going to be fine. If we can just yeah. hop right to that one. I think the the Kings just had a really good game four, but I, I think the Oilers are going to take game five, maybe not convincingly I'd say, and then steal it in overtime in game six. That's fair. I agree with that. The, the King, the um, Kings just aren't ready yet. They're not there yet. They're, 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 having, not there a, yet. they're having a great run this season and they're putting up a okay fight against the Oilers. They stole game one off of Mike Smith's terrible game and they earned the game four. And so it's tied two two. maybe they can push it to seven. Maybe they even win it, but I don't, it's kind of all house money from right now, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't think the Kings have a chance in the series anymore. I mean, especially the way the Oilers played in games two and three. Um, game four was probably the most predictable thing for the Oilers. They felt like they did their job splitting and getting home ice back. Um, but I agree. I, I think Edmonton wins game five convincingly. I'm thinking like five, two, and then they steal it in game in game six. So, I mean, both those series have gone longer than I thought they would because the Pacific's kind of a joke. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just not threatened by it. I mean, look at how lucky we are. We're talking about Calgary struggling against Dallas and Edmonton taking nights off against LA. How lucky we are. We're facing a Nashville, I think, is better than both LA and Dallas. I think we got the tougher draw than any of them. We fucking killed them because yeah. we know what we have to do. And man, just what a team. What a, what a group of players. If they don't get the job done, I really just don't see how at this point. Like, I, it's going to be something that literally does not exist yet. Yeah, they'll get it done. I got faith in them. I'll, I, we're getting past the second round this year. So yeah, I, I fully believe that. The second round curse isn't even real. I don't believe it's like a curse that even needs to be broken. I think it's just an obstacle that needs to be overcome. I fully believe in our ability to beat Minnesota or St. Louis no matter who it is, no matter whether it's Marc-Andre Fleury or Jordan Bennington and net, we can beat both of them. We're better than them and both of them in every asset. And there's no reason to not do it. And when you get to the, to the conference final, you're facing one of Calgary, Edmonton, Dallas, or LA. You're telling me you can't beat one of those four. Good luck. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Good, Good luck rest of the league. But yeah, man, I mean, this has been, been a long day we've been uh we've been talking hockey now for going on five and a half hours so jesus yeah yeah um i think i'm good now i know we said that probably about 25 minutes ago but i think i'm good now yeah i am i I think i'm hitting the wall now i'm tired i'm happy i'm happy the the abs won i'm happy the series is done and dusted with we don't have to worry about anything else with this series we get to sit back for a week and enjoy the rest of the first round Hopefully it gets better. And uh, well, gonna buy my tickets. Yep. Book I'll that see plan. you out here soon, buddy. Book that hotel. And hopefully I can be there for game two, schedule permitting. It's looking like the 19th. Yep. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Be able to come. If it's Monday, Wednesday, there's just nothing I can do. But if it's Tuesday, Tuesday Thursday, Thursday, I'll be there it. for game two. But even if I'm there for two road games and one home game, assume, like assuming it goes like six, we win in six, being there for three road games, one home game, the fact that I'm there at all is all I care about. Yeah, we'll have a good time with it. Um, but yeah, man, let's send these people on their merry way. Enjoy the rest of the week off. 
We'll be back Sunday. We don't have to do any more episodes during random days. So we'll kind of get back to a little bit regular scheduled programming on Sunday. Um, and we'll have a full breakdown, full preview of round two. And uh, I can't wait, man. Yeah. We're, we're going to be recording on Sunday, releasing. Oh, yeah. Sorry. On, on Monday. We always get that mixed up because we're like, okay, we record on Wednesdays and Sundays. We forget for you guys it's Mondays and Thursdays. But yeah. We're gonna get we're gonna get back to our normal schedule for one episode before we go right back to the game format that we did for the first round. Uh, yeah, um, kind of thought this would go a little longer. Gonna be honest, at least one one episode longer than this, at least. But the Avs get the job done, pretty convincing fashion. Yep. The the Predators, God bless them, never had a chance. Nothing. Never nothing, had a chance. Nothing. We're on to round two, man. Yeah, like just nothing's going to stop this team. Not this time. This is different. So, yeah, I mean, nothing is going to stop them. I'm, 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 I sound cocky, but I'm okay with it. How can we not be? How yeah. can we not be cocky right now? After we just crushed Nashville and the whole regular season, we looked poised and ready for the playoffs in just about every game. How can we not be cocky right now? If it's like I said, if we lose, it's for a reason that currently does not exist. So I'm ready to march on to round two. We'll see you guys Monday morning with a full series preview, whether it's with the wild or with the St. Louis blues. We'll see you guys then enjoy the rest of the first round. Guys, we're 25% of the way there. We're four wins of 16 there. No one else is that close yet. No one else seem to be there. So we'll see you guys then enjoy the rest of the first round and we will see you on Monday for a good old series preview. So see you guys then enjoy the rest of your week. If you want to follow us on Twitter, follow us at, follow <laughs> me at G I almost forgot. Follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay. And you can follow the show at tell it abs it is my finger was literally coming down to hit the stop record button (laughs) so now we'll see you guys next time enjoy the rest of your week